Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesla of Wrestling.com, joined by John Clark today, not not tonight, today, to talk about WWE Crown Jewel at an un unusual 4, 4 p.m. time, just like Crown Jewel is at a very unusual uh, noon start time yesterday, but we are here on Friday to talk about it. John, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, off the heels of one of the best pay-per-views of the year, I thought. Uh, so I'm doing good. How about you? Doing all right myself. Uh, yesterday was my birthday, so I took the chance to just unplug all but pretty much pretty much entirely. I watched the show this morning. Uh, granted, in two sittings, I think it was four hours long. I was like, oh, this is this is a lot. So I watched like you know probably about half, and then took a little break, came back to it. Um, Definitely one of the strongest uh, Saudi Arabia shows. We were talking about that. I believe it was on the Raw or NXT post show this past week. Kind of just on the card alone. Nessa Wisman, happy birthday. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, like even just on the card alone, he had to know this was, this was like it would have been impossible to to not be one of the best Saudi Arabia shows when you had uh, Lesnar and Reigns, when you had, you know, Biggie Dracula. Even we we're talking about it for weeks now, even though some of the matches were pretty predictable heading into it. Uh, as long as the match is delivered uh, in terms of quality, again, it was pretty much set up to succeed. So with that in mind, uh, aside from the, the kickoff match, we're not going to dig into that too much because neither of us watched it. Spoiler alert. We're going to talk about the nine matches on the main card itself. As Nestor Curve was saying, it was a long show, four hours long. And yes, Nestor, it is weird to be here at 4 p.m. on a Friday, but doing what we got to do, talking about wrestling here again. Uh, I didn't really want to do the show yesterday, so here we are. So, John, we started off with the Hell in a Cell match uh, between Edge and Seth Rollins here. Um, I thought this was good. You know, this was definitely the the conclusion of a very you know, heated, solid trilogy of matches here. Uh, the score had been kind of 1-1, so this was the tiebreaker, um, as expected. Good, good Hell in a Cell match. These, these two guys have been in it before. And here, you know, a, a rare exception these days where it's, it's a Hell in a Cell match that is actually warranted. It's, you know, this brutal rivalry. It's very personal. Um, so, you know, rather than some of the, the random Hell in a Cells here, this actually, this actually had a meaning to it where both men really want to hurt each other. And in the end, uh, Edge did, uh, he won. So that was maybe, maybe a little surprising in some ways. But John, what do you think of the match and of the outcome here? Okay, so this was one of the few matches where I predicted the wrong winner. Uh, I actually thought that Rollins was going to come out on top. I thought he could have used the win more, seeing that he's more of the full-time guy. And uh, after this, I wasn't really expecting to see Edge again until possibly the new year. Uh, with the direction they went, though, uh, I'm not sure if that's the case anymore. Uh, Edge has been competing and appearing on TV way more than I, I have been expecting him to over the past year. Uh, but as far as the match itself goes... Uh, both of these men have a lot of experience in Hell in a Cell match, so I thought it was very well paced. Uh, God of, uh, I have to note the history here with the referee Jessica Carr being the first ever female official to not only ref a Hell in a Cell match, but also ref in Saudi Arabia. And I thought that was a pretty big deal. Uh, not to mention in a match as well. Some of the bumps that Rollins took were were potentially very dangerous. A suicide oh, yeah. dive out of the ring. He went through the table. Uh, they both left it all out there. They were, I mean, let's not forget that they went 28 minutes in this match, and it was 86 degrees out in Saudi Arabia. Of course, the humidity is not as bad, but of course, it's still very hot out there. A hot day, yeah. Um, if you missed Crown Jewel, the pay-per-view in general, this would probably be the one match, if I had to pick one, that I would tell you to, to make sure that you definitely do watch. I don't want to overshadow the main event or anything like that, but this was definitely, I thought, pretty much one of the highlights of the night. 
starting out with this, uh, this was a banger, and I thought this was uh, – the result, even though it went the way it did, I think they can build off of it. So I thought overall this was a very good match. I agree. As the saying goes, Rollins had his, his working shoes on yesterday. He was bumping. There was the one spot where he went kind of off the top rope, hit the cage wall down to the table. That was pretty brutal. I'm sure he's going to be sore definitely today, if not for the next few days. Um, but yeah, I would definitely agree that Edge has been around more than I think anybody would expect. And the, the writing was on the wall where it's like, okay, you know, Rollins went here and then he kind of give Edge a natural out for, you know, the, the fall season, bring it back Rumble time, maybe go for the three-peat of Rumble uh, Rumble ones in a row there or something like that. But uh, no, Edge, Edge won. And as Nash was pointing out that he got drafted to Raw. So uh, definitely fair to wonder uh, what what his short term future holds? You know where going to Raw, he's going to be able to face any number of uh, you know new opponents there. So that's pretty uh, just exciting in itself. With Rollins, Ken in the same way. Anytime somebody loses a, a Hell in a Cell match like that, you got to imagine they might take even if it's like a week off, just kind of like recover and and you know lay low a little bit here. Uh, and as for what's next for Rollins, he'll be on Raw as well. That's actually worth pointing out. I forgot about that. So. Uh, while this feud, there's there's several matches that we saw at Crown Jewel where uh, several of the feuds might be over, but like the both uh, competitors will be on the same brand, so it's not like they'll be completely going in different directions here. So you also yeah, mentioned there, and, and let's not forget that on this past Monday Night Raw, Rollins was advertised to be there this coming week. So there's no rest, there's no downtime. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how they build off of this immediately, just four days after the match. Uh, so it'll be nice. Yeah, and just I also want to uh, shine some light. You mentioned the referee, Jesse Carr, definitely making history uh, in the Hell in a Cell match and also at this historic Saudi Arabia show. So among other silver linings of the Saudi Arabia show here, that is definitely one of them. So definitely a good match here. You mentioned you know, 28 minutes, got you know got a lot of time, and they got the guys delivered. So with that, it was a very good way to start the show. Uh, then we rolled right into the match with uh, Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. I think anybody and their brother could have told you the way this one was going. Um, Mansoor, the Saudi Arabian native, we've talked about him in general before. Thankfully, this time around, he actually had um, a legit feud on Raw. He's actually been a, a featured character on Raw. So that is like this has been. I think this all for Mansoor this year was was a step forward. Whereas before, he's been kind of thrown on the card fairly meaninglessly or just to give him a match give him a win but this time it was an actual storyline and uh mustafa ali had tweeted um at some point throughout the week i mean i feel like it was maybe wednesday night that he it said was like wednesday night, yeah. that this is a very historic match the first time that two uh muslim superstars have had a match on a wwe pay-per-view so again among other silver linings just the fact this is they're making history they are really kind of you know writing a new writing new history that's pretty darn cool so it's good to you know, I, I imagine for them for and for the fans as well it's very very meaningful to see that so and I, even for the match itself i thought it was good mustafa ali remains criminally underrated i thought he looked great and Mansoor looked good as well there's one point where the commentary team had said um you know my, uh, i think mustafa was talking some trash and Mansoor got fired up and they, they said like oh this is the mean streak that, that um mustafa's want, been wanting to see from Mansoor all along so a nice some nice um storytelling there just kind of wrap that up i imagine this feud probably isn't going anywhere else beyond this just i feel like it was kind of set up for the crown jewel show but john what do you think about uh, the match and, and monster winning here yeah so two things i want to point out about this the first uh uh not to mention with ollie uh, saying about the two muslims head to head but uh let's not forget that he was donating his entire paycheck and earnings from this match to charity so that that was nice to see. 
And then I did see Dan Greathouse asking about the talent making it back in time. We did get confirmation earlier today. The talent did make it back to the States. They have landed. They are back in time for SmackDown. So no issues there like we have seen in the past, but we're all good there. And then, uh, yeah, as far as the match goes, this had a logical buildup. So that was good. Uh, Ali can pretty much go with anybody. Uh, so, of course, he made Monsoor look good. And Monsoor's no slouch himself. He's wrestled the likes of Ziggler and Cesaro and others in Saudi Arabia. So he definitely has the experience there. And then, of course, uh, at the end of the match, let's not forget that uh, the cameo by Olympic silver medalist Tareg Hamedi. I think that's how you say it. Um, he basically took out Ali, which, I mean, that was a nice moment for the live crowd. They do stuff like that. I mean, United States, we had uh, Gable Stevenson and right. also the female wrestling gold medalist. So uh, it's nice that they're, you know, uh, let's not forget that this is a part of a year that Saudi Arabia calls like Riyadh days or right, Riyadh right. time or whatever, where this it's more than just wrestling. Like this is like a month long festival where they just celebrate. They had Pitbull come in. They had all kinds of stuff. So this is this is a quite a big, big deal for them. And, and you can definitely tell. Uh, that their their presentation is all out. Speaking of presentation being all out, our next match was RK Bro versus AJ Styles and Omos, and Riddle came down to the ring on a camel, which they they were showing a lot of camels before this match ringside. So I'm like, this is definitely a little odd. And of course, uh, Riddle brings up the scooter, but he's like, wait a minute, Orton, I got something else. And he and he goes out and he comes back out on a camel. Uh, so I mean, just the presentation that they put out with the twice as many fireworks as wrestlemania gets uh of course saudi arabia does pay for all that but still it, it's it's still a very nice presentation riding on the camel and then of course the match itself break down the match and what, what you thought of that i first just want to say the the image of riddle riding the camel to rings to the ring and Rand, my, my favorite part was Rand just looking at him like what are you doing like what like this the the um wwe socials like uh screenshot Rand just giving him the most side eye it was the funniest thing um, so I feel like that's that's kind of what people are focusing on uh, for this match. But the match itself is pretty good. Uh, we had talked about it on Raw, the Raw post show beforehand. Yet, you know, it was again like most matches on this card. It's probably going to be good, but did, I don't think anybody really thought AJ and Almost were going to win. Uh, again, I think they're they're definitely telling a more long term story here with RK Bro, and the, there's definitely a lot more they can do with that. The the time is not now to split them up. Um, and we, we're talking about on Monday. Does that mean AJ and Omos are going to split up? Maybe, you know, not necessarily, but I thought both teams looked good. I mean, again, we've talked about it before, but uh, Omos, when he tagged in, and when he was in there, and then Randy tagged in, I think the first time, the crowd cheered. Like, it felt like a big deal because Omos has been treated very successfully. So he's been handled like a big deal, like a big star, as he should be. Uh, again, even if he is very kind of new to all of this, uh, he still is in this kind of his first year on the main roster. They, they are being very smart and being careful with him. And then you have that. You know, that's just, it's it's very fundamental stuff, and, and they're doing it well, thankfully. So when the day does come that they want to uh, have him be on his own, I think he's being set up for success with that. So good match here. Um, yet again, I feel like the, the ending was a little funny for me that every time these days that Randy and, uh, and AJ are in the ring together, it feels like AJ's going to go for the uh, final form, and Randy counters in the dark well, At some point, it's like, AJ, like, come on, you should know about it by now. Like, I think that's how the WrestleMania 35 match ended. I think... Yeah uh some they maybe had a, at least one raw match in that way it's like at some point i'd love to see a, a little progression of like all right maybe aj doesn't go for that this time 
because uh, he knows like Randy's got that scouted, which it's good in itself. Randy has that scouted because they faced it before, but you know maybe at some point some. Uh, I mean, inevitably, we'll probably see this match again, but hopefully then uh, we can see a little... Well, I was going to say, while while we might not need to split up the teams, uh, I think it is definitely time to split up the feud. I think these two have been going at it long enough, and I think that it's just time for, for both of them to, to move on to their own things. Because if I'm not mistaken, all four will still be on Raw, so there is the potential that they could somehow do this again. Now, we know... Uh, about Survivor Series this year, we know that the theme is brain-to-brain supremacy, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to have Roman versus Big E or, you know, Charlotte versus Becky. We could just have the five-on-five men and five-on-five women and go about our business for us to the pay-per-view. Uh, to me, it, the pay-per-view has lost its spot as the fourth of the big four and is in danger of losing it even as the fifth, because with Crown Jewel being as big as it is every year, Survivor Series is definitely getting lost in the fold because it's a pointless pay-per-view with no stakes. They, they need to do something with it this year. And, and I'm going to be at Survivor Series. This is the, the last of the quote-unquote big five I haven't attended. I've never been to a Survivor Series. So uh, that's just my thoughts on that. The fact that let's not assume yet that it's going to be this meaningless title versus title match. They could always, you know, instead go say Roman versus Drew or something like that. They don't have to do Roman versus Big even though I think that's one that we're definitely going to get. They've already been teasing that. Yeah. But, uh, speaking of history and changing things, there was a queen crowned for the first time ever. We saw Dewdrop and Zelina Vega go in. This was the longest match of the Queen's Crown Tournament. Uh, the entire tournament only spanned 20 minutes, and this match was a little over five minutes. So right. this was a a quarter of the tournament in one match. Um, Zelina Vega was booked to lose 13 matches in a row prior to this tournament starting. She went on a hot streak and she won the whole damn thing, Carl. And she beat Dewdrop, even though Dewdrop, uh, it, it was weird because clearly in this match, Dewdrop was the baby face and Zelina Vega was the heel. But parts of this match, Dewdrop was kind of showing aggression as if she was working as a heel as well. But it seems like WWE is still holding her back for some reason. Like, it doesn't feel like she's doing the most that she could be doing. Uh, But, I mean, there's not really much to report about the match itself, but more about Zelina winning. What do you think about Zelina winning, and where does she potentially go from here? Remember, she's going to be on Raw. So, excuse me for assuming this, but I think that we're going to get Zelina and Dewdrop in more matches over on Raw, because I think they're both on Raw. Yeah, um, I believe that's correct again at this point. It's hard to keep track of who's going where. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll definitely get it down. But uh, 100%, we're, I, I couldn't help but think that during the, the match when I was watching it. Like, we're definitely getting probably a rematch Monday uh, between Dewdrop and Vega. Uh, but I, like, you know, I did not realize it was that bad. 13 matches in a row that Vega lost before this tournament. Um, Trying to be optimistic, I'll say sometimes in sports you see teams have a losing streak and then something kind of clicks and they turn it around and go on a great run and and win whatever it might be whatever sport you want to you know complete metaphor with. But it, it happens in theory. Um, but in a, in a world where everything's kind of predetermined, it's like you you could have done something a little uh, a little differently there to kind of set her up so that by the time this tournament started, it was like oh she seems like a genuine contender. Whereas uh, when the bracket came out, I'm like. 
hey, I, I like Zelina Vega very much. I think she's great, you know, but there's no way she's going to win this. And then she does, and it's like, wow. Well, like, thinking about it, she does seem like the type of character that could run with the queen I was just gimmick. Say she's that. into that, like, I don't want to say, she's into, like, that cosplay stuff, you know, like, she's always dressing up as her favorite anime character, stuff like that. I think she's a good person to kind of take this gimmick a step further, like further than say Corbin took it, further than I mean, we and we have nobody to compare it to. Like this is history, and it's funny because Michael Cole said, "You know, you're always going to remember the first Queen of the Ring, just like everybody remembers the first King of the Ring." And I had no idea who the first King of the Ring was <laughs> until he said Morocco, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, well, I didn't even know that." So, uh, but I, I think it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but uh, you think that, and you hope, and I hope too that she doesn't start losing 13 matches in a row again. She needs to win. Yeah. She needs to be elevated because think about the talent they have on Raw. Uh, they're gonna Are they going to throw Zelina back into a match with Liv Morgan or Carmella? Because they're on Raw too now. But you have Bianca Belair, or not, yeah, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, who are the two top tier on Raw right now. Right. Uh, so we'll see what, how they run with that. But I think Zelina has a good chance to position herself as maybe captain of the raw women's team at survivor series that could be something uh i like that again we, we, we're going to talk about xavier woods winning in a minute here but i think uh for queen of the ring here maybe uh, maybe even more so i would argue you really needed somebody with a loud or or you know energetic at the very least a personality that really kind of uh you know to carry that to really make it worthwhile to do something with it and she was doing the kind of like queen's wave on her way to the ring uh, which I, I thought was pretty funny, and then you know, she she put the crown on. I'm like, you know, I could I could see them rolling with this like Queen Selena kind of thing. I think she, you know, it fits and makes sense. Uh, and yeah, she could easily um, potentially kind of uh, captain the Survivor Series team, like you mentioned, just kind of use the, her Queen um, status, I guess, for uh, for that kind of authority, for lack of a better word. So I think this is good. Again, the, at the end of the day, um, I'm, I'm happy with the decision. Not so happy about the booking leading into it because she was handled so poorly. Uh, now she's pointing out that maybe we'll see uh, they get a title match coming out of this, maybe. But what would that be against Becky Lynch? Like, I mean, right now we know Charlotte, actually Charlotte has the title for Raw, which uh, we'll talk about that whole mess in a minute. But um, yeah, I, I think that she would deserve a title match. But again, the the specifics of it of whether it's Charlotte or Becky, either way, it'd be pretty much heel versus heel. So it'd be it'd be interesting, albeit. Odd to say the least, but uh, let's just switch, switch gears here talking about people being crowned. All hail King Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods defeated Finn Balor in the finals of the King of the Ring tournament in a moment where, you know, I've made it no secret. I'm rooting for it. Many, many fans would have been really hoping this would happen. Many, many fans at the same time. John's doing a face palm, not, not loving it. But, you know, this was what a lot of people wanted to see. This is what, you know, Xavier Woods has been, you know, really trying to, to manifest and make happen. Something he's very passionate about. Um, he is a pure emotion when he won the match. Just really, really something to behold. It was really great to see that. Um, I'm happy with it. Yet again, John, we talked about it last week. I know you said is you know you you want them to do something with it, and I entirely agree. Like they need to to do something to capitalize and come out of this. But I would probably more so like Nesh Chris is saying. I'm just happy we got this. If, if nothing else happens, if if it goes nowhere, if a month from now Xavier's whatever teaming with Kofi and nothing really comes out of it that yeah that would be disappointing but at the very least I can say okay we got this moment we got to see him you know living his dream and that's pretty cool I know you may feel differently but that's that's my two cents I'm willing to give it 
a couple weeks because I want to see where they go with it before I jump to conclusions. My initial thoughts are, this is horrible, this is pointless, this is going nowhere. But I'm also under the assumption that we're not going to get anything out of this. I'm under the assumption that he's going to continue teaming with Kobe Kingston. He's going to be not in a relevant role as a single superstar, but rather just being in a, a tag program, not doing a lot of stuff. But with all that being said, uh, I do think it has the potential to be something if they run with it. I know people don't want to see the New Day split up, but this does appear for me at least to be the most intriguing path. No will on saying Kofi or Xavier, one of them will turn on each other. I mean, I know people don't want to see it, but to me, that's the ideal scenario here. That is how they can capitalize on this and run with it. That would be a very good feud, I think, uh, being that Biggie's kind of not with them, where he's not going to be this mediator because he's on a whole show. They could play it, play it a whole different way. I just don't have the high expectation that we're going to see something like that happen. I think that it's going to run its course over a couple of weeks where Xavier is going to be the king and things are going to be his way and he's going to do a couple promos on it. And I'm not saying that Finn Balor would have been extraordinarily better. I don't think he really needed it either. I just thought that he could have probably had that story where he was a prince and now he's right. a king because he's on Raw. And I just thought that you know, that could have been good. The match itself, I mean, it was a fair, pretty good match. It went about 10 minutes. Um, Balor just coming off that loss to Roman as the demon. Uh, maybe he was going to win this, but then he loses again. So he's kind of on a losing streak now, but he's going to Raw for a fresh start too. That's their idea here. Everybody gets a fresh start. Uh, um, I do want to say something that just cracked me up. I, I again, I didn't see this show yesterday. I was catching up, catching up everything I missed uh, this morning, and I saw the Finn Balor tweet after the match. Like, essentially, something like maybe not the king, but always the prince. I'm like, how's that a good thing? Like, for the past week you've been trying to become the king because you're the prince, and to turn around and be like, all right, I may have lost, and I'm not the king, but I'm still the prince. Like, that's not a a good thing. Like, that struck me as very strange. Um, but no, as you said, uh, Finn is moving to Raw. I imagine we're talking about some of the possibilities coming out of this show here um, on, the, on the Raw post show. And I can easily say, see them kind of just wiping the slate, kind of focusing on the fact that Xavier won, but like ignoring the fact he beat Finn and having Finn uh, face any, any number of people, whether it's, you know, if he gets to challenge Biggie at some point, just relying on his uh, previous track record and ignoring the, whatever happened over in the Saudi Arabia. But um that just struck me as kind of weird. And yeah, I, he is on a losing streak now and he does have that, that name value, but so yeah, but that, that, that's how it works, right? Someone always gets elevated and by and large, someone always kind of has to take a step back and Bauer may have been benefited from the move uh, from winning in some ways, but he also, he also didn't also need it because he does have that lean on. So, um, well, Colin, do you know who is no longer on a losing streak in WWE? Who is no longer on a losing streak in WWE? Are you talking about Goldberg? That would be Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg picks up a big win. Now, listen, I got to say that this was probably a match I had the lowest expectations for. But Goldberg delivered in this pay-per-view match. And I'm not just saying this was one of his best pay-per-view matches since he returned. But this was one of Goldberg's best pay-per-view matches like in a very, very long time. But that's why it, 
it was just a series of spots again and again and again that kept escalating in how you know brutal and hardcore they were. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that first it was you know the trying to hit him in the head with steel steps, right? Trying to kill him as Callisto would. And then it was a couple chair shots and Lashley's bleeding out the back and then he gets speared off the stage. And this wasn't just like a two foot drop. This was a pretty big drop. Uh, the, and the fans were hot for this one. You want to know why Goldberg's going to Saudi Arabia? Watch this match and listen to this crowd because Goldberg is still 30 years old and in his prime for Saudi Arabia. This was hot for the crowd. Uh, what did you think of the match? What did you think of the result? Where do we go from here? John, Robert and I like to say when we talk about SmackDown, some of the more general things, that the bar is very low. So when you say this was Goldberg's like best pay-per-view match in recent memory, I, I have to agree, but that's not really saying much. Like The bar is very low. So like, yeah, no, this was like good, I guess, like quote-unquote good for, for a Goldberg match. Um I don't know. It didn't really do it for me. I just, because we, I guess, no, I guess I was more thinking about it kind of admittedly, maybe looking at forward and rather than enjoying the match in the moment, I was like, all right, where do we go out of this? And we talked about it on Monday previewing it. It's like, okay, Goldberg has to win at some point. Cause he does have at least I guess, two more matches on his current deal. Uh, presumably he'll, he'll come back for two, those two matches next year. So in theory, yeah, he, he had to win because he lost to, McIntyre at the Royal Rumble. He lost the last year at SummerSlam. So you know, at least coming out of this, he's got that to kind of heat him back up for whatever's next. If they want to plug him in for another random title match next year or whatever it might be. Um, I thought this was fine. You know, it wasn't bad by any means. It told a good story. Again, Goldberg said he wanted to kill Ashley. And again, he tried. He tried. He tried. He had the one spot. He he went to like smash his head with the steel steps. Uh, so you know, and, and he missed. But then he speared him off the stage. That was a cool, you know, cool spot. So uh, the one thing that took me a little bit out of it was they had the heart business come out towards the end of the match. Um, so Lashley was about to walk out and just kind of leave. And then Cedric and Shelton walked out, and Lashley was like, "Oh, I got you now." And Cedric and Shelton ran at Goldberg. He he kicks one of the big boot. He backflips, uh, backdrops the other one. And that's it. It's like, all right. <laughs> that, that's and evil. not to mention, Bobby Lashley actually walked out under his own power after the match. And the commentators made it a point to make that known. Like, oh, Bobby Lashley lost, but he is still getting up and walking out under his own power. Which makes me believe, I'm not saying that this isn't over, because I think it is over between the two. But I think they're going to make it as if Lashley like, didn't really take a lot of damage in this loss. Like, he's okay. He got up. He walked away. Yeah, sure, I lost, but I'm still the Almighty. Uh, he's still on Raw, so uh, there is a there could be a case made between him and Biggie to have unfinished business in a match, and I think that might be the direction that they go in. But Lashley definitely lost a little bit of a valid power in this. And and, and speaking of Biggie and and Bobby Lashley possibly having a rematch, to I to I think nobody's surprised. Maybe you, but I doubt it. Big E retained his championship over Drew McIntyre. This was a, a big fight feel with little buildup, even though it, it, it was still, I thought, a very good match. Uh, big, e, big E is now one of only, I think, three people that they said to kick out of the Claymore. So they made that a pretty big deal. And then he celebrates, uh, him and King Woods get to celebrate together. So I don't think Drew really took 
a big hit as far as his power, his looking as a good guy. Uh, what do you think about the match and the result here? Well, you mentioned the little buildup. We had three weeks of can they coexist for a buildup. So I think all of us can agree that we are glad that this will be over. Drew, Drew's going to SmackDown. The new, the new rosters begin tonight on Friday. So regardless, it's over. Uh, uh, this was a good win for Biggie in the sense that beating, you know, the former kind of face of Raw, Andrew McIntyre, uh, you know, that's a, that's a nice match to have on your belt. Um, admittedly, for me, this is one of those matches where I was 99.9% .9 certain that Biggie was winning. So I started kind of half watching. I was doing some other stuff. I kept my eye for like the big things. I saw Biggie kick out of the Claymore. I saw uh, McIntyre kick out of the, the big ending. That was that took me a bit out of it where I was like, all right, this is one of those matches where, again, everyone knows Biggie's yeah. winning. There's no chance. I'm sorry. There's no chance that McIntyre's winning. Why would you have the guy kick out of the big ending because then yeah. the next time he has uh let's say the he has oh okay maybe not survivor series but his next big title offense what if it's a royal rumble or whatever the next time someone kicks out of it it's not gonna mean as much because magna kicked out in this match where he didn't need to like if they really want to do that just avoid having biggie hit it until it's time but then like, you do you do want to make McIntyre look strong so i get it and to not to contradict myself biggie looked good for kicking out of claymore but at the same time, then kind of the same argument. Then the next time someone kicks out the Claymore, it doesn't mean as much because it came in this not meaningless match, but in a match where the outcome was never really in question. I thought yeah, it was and I agree. This this was one of the matches that I paid the least amount of attention to. I definitely found myself doing other things just because there really wasn't a question of who was going to win, and it just would not have made sense for Drew to win. It just would not have made sense. No. So um good match good showing i liked it uh and after the match biggie said you know I, I got big plans for this title he said like you know kudos to you drew and you know drew gave him a thumbs up to kind of show his respect and that's it um he mentioned a minute ago having the the, the potential for bobby lashley as the next kind of challenger maybe uh, i would like to see i mean we do we, we do know as of today we are just under a month from survivor series again most likely getting Biggie versus Roman in a, a champion versus champion match there. Otherwise, yeah. you know, yeah, Lashley probably would be the easiest to set up. Then you think of another, I don't know, like a, they could do another champion versus champion thing with Damian Priest. But I mean, you have Seth Rollins being one good option there, but he just lost. So it'd be, again, but with WWE, they can easily be like, oh, this is Seth Rollins. He's got all these things he's done in the past. So let's just kind of heat him up in a, in a you know, what two three weeks and, and give him title shot and that'd be that'd be good i'd like to see that but you know they're, they're beyond that you know there are some they have options i mean you got randy orton tied up in the in the uh in the tag scene and you know other yeah, i was gonna like say that. there's a case to be made where they could go biggie orton and riddle versus roman reigns and the usos if they wanted to keep them together obviously they've already done the the new day stuff and they're on smackdown so that really wouldn't make sense but uh, I think Biggie versus Roman is your main event of Survivor Series, but I think they need. Now I get the rumors about The Rock potentially coming back, where likely you know they were kind of dethroned. Where well, he's going to be busy. Not that that doesn't mean he won't be there, but there's a strong likelihood that he won't be. Right. What I'm saying is, if this match does close the show, there needs to be something big, whether that be Lesnar coming out at the end and tearing apart everything. It can't just be a one-on-one -on -one match where, in all likelihood, Roman Reigns just beats Big E clean, and then that's it. Like there needs to be something bigger. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know what that something bigger is, but um, you know, again, in a nutshell, it was a good match. Uh, it was a nice way to kind of really 
maybe even more than beating Bobby Lashley twice, I guess, to really kind of say Biggie is our guy. He is the top star on Raw moving forward here now in this, in this new era with, with the draft. Um, and yeah, I, I should mention they do have options. Rollins, Lashley, uh, even you mentioned there's some that'd be pretty cool to see him do some work with uh, Randy Orton. Uh, Edge, even, you know, maybe down the line a little bit. They do have Raw so kind of coming out, out of the draft and heading into this new. Uh, new season, I guess, for Black Party Word. They definitely have some more uh, more top-level depth than they had uh, previously, so that'll be good, and we'll be seeing what happens there. Uh, something else I'm, if not looking forward to, at least um, maybe a little skeptical of, is what happens with the SmackDown and Raw Women's Championships, because, of course, we had a very historic and star-studded triple threat match with Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Sasha Banks. This one, this is one of the matches where I was pretty like, kind of hooked on to watching it. Like, I, I really... Uh, I'm curious to see what happens here because again, you have we talked about it before two Raw superstars as of today heading over uh, from SmackDown to Raw, whereas the champion Becky Lynch was on SmackDown holding the SmackDown Women's title. She's going to Raw, so it's like how are they going to kind of uh, maneuver this? And then uh, there are a couple points where I really thought, okay, they might have Bianca win and bring the title to Raw, but that would make a lot of sense. And then I there are several moments, especially near the end, where it looked like Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks is going to win which would make sense because she's saying on SmackDown. But end of the day, Becky Lynch wins. Yet again, John, here, a very historic match. This is the first, I believe, first women's triple threat match in Saudi Arabia history of the WWE shows here. Um, so this was definitely a very special match in that regard. So that was definitely a lot of the focus here. But uh, definitely a lot of uh, curiosity, at the very least, uh, of what's going to happen here with the titles. Several comments throughout the show here have wanted if we're going to see a title swap. And now that we know that Becky Lynch has kept the title, I don't know what else they were going to do other than just having the, the very cheap and easy. Well, we have, we have breaking news as of about 20 minutes ago. Uh, advertised for SmackDown tonight officially is a WWE Women's Championship exchange. So they have officially announced that Becky and Charlotte will swap titles tonight. And of course, King Xavier will have his coronation with uh, uh, Kofi Kingston crowning him. So those are the two things we have announced for tonight. So we will be seeing a title exchange as of tonight. Becky Lynch will now be the Raw Women's Champion and Charlotte Flair will now be the SmackDown Women's Champion. So Colin, to answer your question, there we go. Uh, WWE has just confirmed a title swap for tonight. So to everybody's anger that I've seen on Twitter in the immediate 10 seconds I've been reading this to you, people are not happy. Uh, to me, it's not the end of the world. I get that it's kind of they always book themselves into this situation. However, uh, they're going to be fighting again in Survivor Series anyway. It's going to be a weird exchange, but okay, who cares? It's red and red and blue. They're just switching colors. But I get your point. Uh, the match itself, though, yeah, Becky wins. I wasn't surprised. I thought that was going to be the plan. It was a very good match, probably the best women's match that Saudi Arabia has seen to date right now. Sasha and Becky are known to have good chemistry. Belair just fit in perfectly. Uh, it was a very good match. Uh, but uh, Colin, I'll shut up for a minute. What do you think about the official title swap that we're getting now? I'm going to quote Nessa Curse here by saying, that sucks. I'm sorry, but my gosh. Like, again, I'm not trying to knock the tag titles. It's one thing almost the tag team titles, though, because like that definitely has made it clear at, at various points in the recent, in recent history that they don't really care about the tag titles, like that, that they can easily swap them because it doesn't really matter. But these are the top women's championships on Raw and SmackDown. They are a big deal. You have this uh, historic match here with Sasha, Bianca, and, and Becky where you're really trying to play up the fact that it is a big deal. And then you turn around and just have them swap. And not only are they swapping the titles 
on paper. They're having Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair swap the titles. Two like notorious arch enemies doing that. Well, and, and 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 with you saying that, let's not forget that that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a smooth switch tonight. They could fair, play this out still in another direction, and we could end up having. This could be the start of a potential unification match for Survivor Series. People don't want to see that, and I, I get that too, but I think we should let it play out first. They've announced the exchange. I'm assuming that's what's going to happen, but there's going to be drama, I think, at some point. There will be drama. I like this comment from Fernando Nando. You know, you could say that there are, there are other things they could do, and John, as you just said, maybe there, there are other things they will do. They could do a unification match, chamber versus champion, who even knows? Um... But I'm just, in general, not a fan. Granted, we've only seen it once before, but now we know it'll be tw supposedly twice that we're going to see the titles being swapped here. Just to me, it's not a good look. I hope that they figure out a way to kind of do it in a meaningful way as best they can in, in a way that works. We'll have to wait and see. But I will try, as you said, to let it play out as best as I can, and I would recommend others do that as well. Lastly here, we had the match that, for at least for me, that everybody was waiting for. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar over on SmackDown. Robert and I have been talking about it. This beautiful saga of Paul Heyman and his allegiance to uh, Roman and uh, Brock Lesnar being called into question. And last week with uh, Brock saying, "Oh, I, I talked over with my my client, uh, my my advocate, uh, Paul Heyman." All these very various. Johnny mentioned there you go drama. It's like actually compelling storytelling coming to a head here at Crown Jewel. Uh, the match good. These guys have a lot of history. They're just the, the big fight feel, not even, not even enough to really describe it there. Um, for me, the one real big spot was Roman diving over the top ropes. He has not done that in a while, as far as I can recall. So that can really that really showed you like that this was kind of him saying, "All right, it's do or die time." Like this is a, he trusts this, Lesnar too. Yeah, as he should. They've had several several matches together uh, in these high profile moments. But Lesnar, I mean, you can you can knock him for his part time stats or whatever, but he he's an experienced guy. He's a legend. He's not going to go out there and you know, drop like literally drop Roman Reigns and then hurt him. Like he knows what he's doing. So and he's and he's very very good. He's like one of the best, as as many people have said, one of the best uh, of this generation in his own way at least. So I like this a lot. Um, the ending again, maybe just I don't know what, what exactly I was hoping for, but you had the, the I will say the the ending at first I, I was I was hooked because Paul, uh, the referee was down. Paul Heyman threw in the title, landed literally smack in the middle of both guys, and he just he he yelled. You know what to Lesner. do. You know what to do with the title, but it was like, is he yelling to Lesnar? Is he yelling? To... Like they were, they did that very, very well. Where they really are threading that. Where Lesnar acted like, okay, Heyman's exactly. talking to me, like and Roman acted like, what are you saying? Right. So definitely sowing the seeds of more dissent and uncertainty there. Uh, they played uh, Roman and Brock played tug of war of the title. The Usos came down, super kicked uh, Brock Lesnar, and that helped Roman Reigns get the win there. Um, I don't know. We're looking at the, the the time right now. It went 12 minutes. So I, I guess the, I I would say I'm justified in saying I thought it, it would get a little more here. Granted, it is Brock Lesnar, so it's not like it's going to be a, a 30 minute uh, clinic of, of yeah. tactical wrestling. But yeah. I don't know. It seemed a little short. It seemed like it, and the ending was just like a little abrupt, kind of like the, the Goldberg match. I thought it'd get a little more, just a little more of a uh, climactic ending. Granted, I liked that the story they told there just it seemed a little, if not just a little abrupt there. So. Uh, good one for Owen Reigns. You know, it's, uh, you know, 
I, I will say it does, this does not feel like it's over, and I wouldn't have assumed that to be the case. You know, they had uh, the, the literal show closing uh, camera angle on Lesnar being angry in the ring, yes, and Michael, yes. Michael Cole saying, Oh, this is a night that uh, the Beast will never forget. So, you know, Roman, you know, left and with then, a win here. And then in the uh, interview after, where Lesnar said as soon as he got to SmackDown, he was going to beat the crap out of Roman. Uh, I thought that this was a pretty good match, especially if you're rating on Lesnar's scale. He doesn't really have wrestling matches as much as he just puts on, like... It's, it's like Lesnar's matches are like cinematic matches in the ring, though, if that makes sense. Like, he doesn't have this old-style wrestling match. He just does, like, his suplexes, and he's, like, a big attraction, and he's just a guy. Uh, but after what I've seen... I really do think that Lesnar is going to win the Royal Rumble, and I think that Lesnar and Reigns will headline WrestleMania in Dallas with the news that The Rock might wait till L.A. the next year. And I think that Roman Reigns is going to have one of the longest championship reigns we've seen in a long time. I do think this is going to go well, well over two years. Uh, he is, and I have to say, he is uh, he's two weeks away from surpassing CM Punk's 434-day reign. Lesnar, or... Reigns is about to hit 420 this weekend, and then two weeks, and he will surpass CM Punk's 434, and in the modern era, be the longest longest champion uh, to have a, a main championship. With um, all that being said, Colin, um, say what you were going to say, and then rate the show. I was just to say you mentioned the the you know breaking that record absolutely amazing. It's been a great reign. Now, curious thing, it's time for Roman to lose. I don't uh, think they- it is though. I don't think it's time for him to lose yet. I think there's there's more they could do here. Uh, I've been seeing a little more criticism lately, but you know I think uh, especially the, the the possibility or maybe even probability that uh, that uh, the Rock will be kind of waiting on that punch match for another year. Hey, I I hadn't really thought of it, but I like the idea of yet you know all the history there with uh, Lesnar and Reigns. I think there's a lot to be said for that, uh, and this kind of set that up. I'm not quite sure uh, if Lesnar is going to be around in, in, the, in the short term, but I can easily see him coming back for Royal Rumble time and doing that. Uh, but that is one thing where we'll have to wait and see. But otherwise, you know, for me, definitely, I said the other show, uh, yeah, probably the, the best Saudi Arabia show that we've had. Um, and, and aside from that kind of uh, distinction as a, as a general WWE show, um, I would say it's probably like on par of Extreme Rules and, and the kind of offerings we've been seeing lately. Uh, so I I'd go for like a like a seven point five again. I, maybe I was a little harsher on some of the matches than I should have been, but um, not a bad show by any means. And uh, but for me, it was it's not like it was necessarily a great show. And if you if you really enjoyed it, if you like if you dug every match and really came out with feeling great, more power to you. I guess I was hoping for a little more in some ways, but I enjoyed it. I thought I was hoping for more in some cases, but that's kind of my take on it. John, what do you think? Uh, I actually gave this an eight point seven five. I thought wow. this was I thought this was a very strong pay per view. I thought it had pretty good build. It had very good matches. It had a very hot crowd. Uh, I thought this was the best WWE pay per view of the calendar year. I thought it was better than WrestleMania, and I thought it was wow. better than I thought it was better than SummerSlam as well. Um, the matches. It seemed like WrestleMania was just thrown together. It just had random matches that were kind of no build. Um, you know, I mean, it was good. I mean, WrestleMania is still WrestleMania, but uh, SummerSlam I thought was good too. I think I gave SummerSlam a 7.75 and I gave WrestleMania a 7.5. Uh, and I'm giving this an 8.75. This is the highest I've rated a pay per view in quite some time. 
Wow. I was jealous. I was jealous of the live crowd. Uh, the the presentation WWE puts out is unmatched, and I, and I tweeted that as well. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, uh, I thought that the matches themselves were were good on a WWE scale as of late. I'm not saying they were all bangers, but they were all very good. Okay. There was at least yeah. there was at least four matches that I would probably give four stars, and that's pretty good for a pay per view card of nine matches. So sure. all all in all, good pay per view. Uh, I will be at the next one, Survivor Series, in a month, and then of course that's the last one of the calendar year until January first. So. We'll see what they do, and we'll be back on Monday to talk about what the fallout is on the Raw side, anyway. Yeah, so uh, people definitely agreeing that uh, it was a pretty good show. Nesh gave an eight, an 8. Eric Hedgem gave an 8.5. Finished on Nando with a 7.6 as well. Uh, Nesh pointed out that's a high score for you, John, that, uh, you know, giving you a very high score there. And I like, thank you for comparing it to the WrestleMania score and SummerSlam scores. Like, that's definitely, you know, shows you that they delivered with the show, and, you know, Dan giving an 8. Uh, an 8 as well. So, yeah, I'll say, I would say it's fair to say that they over over delivered here. And yeah, I gave it a 7.5. I was expecting probably like seven tops. Like I, again, some of the matches here for me, the, the air of predictability, you know, was a little hard to overcome in some ways. Maybe that's why I was a little down on it, but the match is certainly delivered. And for that, you can't knock it. So John, you said we'll be back here on Monday to talk about the new era of Raw coming out with, with the draft rosters being official. Uh, otherwise, yes, Nesha asked me earlier uh, if, if we'll be here for SmackDown. Robert and I will be here tonight for Friday Night SmackDown, uh, probably right about you know, 9.50 or so, you know, just towards the end of the show. We're trying to start a little early to get that out of the way there because we also do have Rampage. We're trying to cover all, all these things in the uh, crazy world of wrestling here. So uh, with that being five said... Five hours. I'm, come back in five hours, people. Come, yeah, come back in five hours tonight here if you're watching this live. Otherwise, uh, if you're watching this after the fact, just look for the, the SmackDown post show as well. But otherwise, a, a great stream of interviews coming to you guys. Um, and we've got the NXT post shows on Tuesdays as well. All these things and more always available on all of our platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, YouTube, YouTube, our podcast, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. Sleep, like, and subscribe. We appreciate your support. And remember, if you like Count Jewel, if you didn't, or if, if you didn't even watch it, I know that was going around as well. But uh, regardless, as always, whatever brand or company or show you prefer, uh, will you try to do one thing here above all others here at WrestleZone? Can John, can you tell me what that is? Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.